I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town Podcast. In episode 110 of the Food About Town Podcast, I had local comedian Vinnie Paulino and Chef Joe from Sapori, which is located at 16 Main Street in the Powers Building. We talked about the Vinnie Paulino Panini Special, which is an absolute monster of a sandwich that I consumed in rapid fashion during the course of this podcast. Uh, Vinny is also the host of the Comedy at the Carlson cast, which is hosted over at the Comedy at the Carlson venue, uh, our finest comedy club here in Rochester, and a place I really enjoy going to. And it was great to meet Chef Joe for the first time. Uh, the Panini will talk all about it during the podcast, so do not fret. You will get all of your cured meat and ridiculously crazy Panini information as we proceed. So, what I would definitely recommend doing is checking out the Comedy at the Carlson cast. You can find it on all of your finest podcast platforms. And uh, also, if you're downtown during the week, go check out Sapori. They're open 7.30 to 2, uh, Monday through Friday, for your breakfast and lunch needs in the downtown Rochester area. So, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Food About Town on Facebook at Stromy on Twitter and Instagram, and, you know, poke Vinny if you get a chance. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. I want to know who you're meeting in the cemetery. I don't have to tell you anything. Sweating completely out of every orifice. I don't know about you guys. I am. All right. I was earlier, but I'm good now. Okay, good. I'm <laughs> glad we've covered that as the start of the podcast. Um, but we are in a beautiful area. I mean, this building is stunning from the inside. It looks like a courtyard right outside where we are. And we're recording from Sapori Cafe. Uh, what's the address, Chef Joe? It is 16 West Main. Okay. Corner of State Main Street. And you're open... Lunch and breakfast hours during the week, I assume? Yep, breakfast, lunch, Monday through Friday from 7.30 to 2.30. 7.30 to 2.30. And then we do full-service catering also. Yeah, and that's where I've had your food before was headed at festivals and yeah, some other places. Yeah, we do a lot of festivals as well, yeah. Yeah, anyway, so we'll, we'll jump in in a second. Okay. The other person across from me, my arch rival in the podcast Battles of Rochester. Why am I your arch rival? You're punching down. You keep beating me. I, How I thought, am I, what am I? What are you, Superman and I'm your Lex Luthor? I, I thought that's what I keep com- losing? I thought that's what comedy was. I thought we were supposed to punch down. No, that's the opposite. Oh my opposite. God. See, punch been, up, Chris. I've been doing it wrong for so long. I thought punching down, it's so much easier. And this is the show that beats me. <laughs> that's called punching up. You see, folks? That's how it's done. Oh, 
So, I've got Vinny Paulino. Hey, bud. Hello. How are you? Good. So, quick plugs for Vinny. Vinny's a stand-up comedian, I believe, with, the bio, with the bio I've been given. He's a stand-up <laughs> comedian, and he hosts a... He hosts a show at the Comedy at the Carlson Comedy Venue. That's right. My show is uh, the Comedy at the Carlson cast, where uh, I interview all of the amazing uh, stand-up performers that come through town. Guys like Gilbert Gottfried, Colin Quinn, Nikki Glaser. Not a guy, but we'll just lump her in there. Tom yeah. Green. Tom Green, this yeah, coming up this week. Adjusting your lights and making them good. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is my lighting director. <laughs> We had a couple studio problems, so we had Mark book him again to get back in there to help us fix them. But yeah, man, I, I, uh, I have a show over there. I'm having a blast and uh, telling jokes to strangers. I, I'm super jealous that you have guests arriving regularly that show up. They have to. It's in their contracts. Right. I mean, that's, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like the coolest opportunity in the world because, like, number one, I shouldn't be allowed to talk to anybody. Like, number one, <laughs> they should just keep me locked away somewhere. But I have a really great studio inside of the club, and every week the comedians, they come in, they go do, whether it's TV, they'll go do Wheeze, and then they'll come and do my show. Which, I mean, that's kind of hard to beat. I mean, you've got... More time than everybody else, yeah. yeah. You've got an amazing amount of time with all the comedians, and I want to go into that more, but we've got hot food in front of us that I do not want to ignore. Yeah, shut up. So let's talk about why this all started is you have a sandwich named after you, which, one, I'm very jealous about. I need something named after me. Well, <laughs> since you are my arch rival, Chef Joe, I think you should not name a sandwich after I him. appreciate that. I think you should this, name two sandwiches after me. <laughs> this is proper gamesmanship is what it is, and I like it. What is this sandwich, and why did he get a sandwich named after him? All right, well, we're, we sponsor his podcast. Yeah. Comedy the Carl's... Carlson cast. Which is great, and I, yeah, I appreciate well, that you're supporting yeah. local local productions right. regardless of, you know... The caliber. Of our issues. <laughs> yeah, supporting <laughs> along with Three Heads and Iron Smoke. Yeah, and then get them all in there. Vinny, Which, I mean, Iron Smoke, I'm a big fan of. Tommy's doing a great job over there. One of my heroes. Yeah. Love that guy. Man, Amazing musician, marketer, everything yeah. about that guy is uh, incredible. He's an inspiration to us all. Absolutely. So, yeah, so every Friday, Vinny comes in uh, for lunch after the podcast. Once in a while, we'll bring in some of the comedians. Yeah. You know, if, if they're able to, if they're not, you know, book somewhere else. And then one Friday, we were doing a pizza special. I think we were doing slices. Mm-hmm. And then Vinny's like, you know what? He's like, I don't know. He was. It was just surprised me. You know, you know what it was. He's man? like, just make me whatever you think. He goes, I don't, I don't. He goes, I trust you. That is I my did. favorite order, no matter where yeah. I'm at. By the way, so. I love asking people. Just <laughs> if you want to make something, whatever you're into right now, going to my favorite bartender and saying, just make me whatever you're into right yeah. now. I don't care. Yeah. I will be happy. And see, but, and here's the thing. Like I know with Chef Joe, I'll be happy because everything here is freaking awesome. So really, I was I was in a bad mood that day because. I had an interview, I think it was with Dom Irera, who's oh, like geez. one of my, my, my freaking heroes, mm-hmm. and we had somebody who was running our soundboard who didn't do the best of job on the episode, oh. and so I was really kind of annoyed after, and I came here, and I was like despondent, and I wanted to eat all my feelings. <laughs> That's and never so, happened to me before, Vinny. I've never done that. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, I know, because you're perfect, and you beat me. Keep Obviously. rubbing it in. But... Chef Joe just, I looked at him and I, and I just saw kindness in his eyes that day. And I said, Joe, I, I believe what I, my exact words were, Joe, 
I don't care what it is. Just make me a fat fuck sandwich. Yes, I believe was my was, exact words. That's what I wanted to actually name it, but I didn't want to be posting the fat fuck sandwich on my website. For, for, for the downtown right. lunch and breakfast crowd. <laughs> yeah. so, so we just keep sell on the Vinnie Paulino pizza panini. I mean, those are essentially synonymous words, I mean, when it comes down to it. You know, it's going to end up being called the Vinnie Paulino Memorial Pizza Panini. <laughs> but at the moment, I'll take it. Yeah. But, Joe, tell tell the people what's on this thing. Yeah. Wait, so, like I said, we were doing slices that day. So, he's like, make me whatever. So, I was like, you know what? I'll just make him a panini. I'll use two slices of the pizza, and then I'll fill it with all, like... Some salted cured meats, you know, like a yay, salad. yeah, absolutely. Some Genoa salami, some prosciutto, a little melted provolone, uh, melted gorgonzola, applewood smoked bacon, <laughs> caramelized onions, oh roast God. red peppers. I drizzled some honey on it. But I mean, this, this is this is taking the grilled cheese sandwich burger basically to yeah. to the Italian extreme yeah, level, yep. which I appreciate. Yeah, because I mean that. I always thought that was a thing, but it never turned out the way you hoped it would. Right. And this makes a lot of sense, and I'm going to I'm gonna take a bite. Yeah, I even I Googled it to I see if did. anyone's ever did it. Like, I tried to see if there was, like, pictures of one. I've never seen anyone make a panini with pizza before that but, I could find. I searched it. You're brilliant. Hmm. You're so, a brilliant man. Oh, my God. That's uh, something else, eh? I mean, that is an over-the-top monstrosity, and it's really delicious. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic, and it, the construction makes sense. Yeah. Which, I mean, a lot of these... It's not too messy, you know? No. It's like, I mean, there's not a ton of sauce on it. A lot, a lot of these, a lot of the overtop things don't make sense when you actually eat them. They look great, and they're not delicious. Right. This is actually still delicious, and surprise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the term that you really shouldn't with this. It actually, it's a pretty balanced flavor, because you still have the vegetables in there, you right. still have... You know, the sweetness isn't too much. You think honey, I'm like, oh, this is going to be too sweet. But I've always liked really the combo balanced. of apple and smoked bacon, gorgonzola, and honey. Mm. It's always been, like, really good. Like, even on cheese boards, charcuterie boards, they have the honey drizzled on the sharp cheese. Did you say Chuck Woolery boards? What? <laughs> charcuterie? <laughs> oh, okay. Chuck <laughs> Close enough, really. All right, I'll uh, just check it. Yeah, so, good. I think it's got a cup and cherry pepperoni on the pizza, too. <laughs> yes, it which does. Which is the best pepperoni. Well, which I appreciate because... Yeah. It's nice and crispy. If you don't use that, you're just getting flat, limp pepperoni yeah. on your pizza. And, and it's that's really greasy. Like, normal pepperoni is really, really, usually really greasy, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of greasy, but it, it, it chars up or it's not. Well, I mean, when it's good quality pepperoni. When you're talking about, if you're not eating, if you're not eating healthy food, you want to eat the best junk food you can possibly eat. Agreed. And, and I only put my name on the best junk food you could possibly <laughs> eat. <laughs> But, I mean, when, when you're eating pizza and you want that pepperoni crunch, I mean, yeah. eat, get the best. Get get the good stuff. It makes all the difference yeah. when you're eating something like this. I would say the only Edge Vinny's podcast, so not the only, but just, <laughs> not just because I'm a sponsor and we're, we're friends, but the video aspect of it. Like, if you guys were on video right now, you'd be mm. able to see the sandwich. Oh, I think uh, you, know? you took pictures, didn't mm-hmm. you? You're going to share it with the people. Should, we, should I bring some of these for Tom Green Friday? Um... If you want to kill him, yeah, absolutely. Does he? Does he is he like a vegetarian? Or vegan? I, I'm not even sure yet. We could come up with something. That for sounds right, but I don't. That's I don't recall. He's a that for he's sure. a thin gentleman. He's <laughs> he's a very interesting guy for one. Yeah, you know you know he was a rapper. 
No. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he was a rapper. I've been, you know, I, re- I do a lot of research whenever really? I have a guest come in. Mm-hmm. Like, I try to go as deep as I possibly can. Like, and parody? Like, kind of like, like... Like, he was in, like, like in rap groups really... when he was a teenager. Oh, no shit. Yeah, like, he really was into it. So, well, like, I'm kind of interested to talk to him about that this week. He was week. a big skate, like a skater, too, right? He was yeah. He was pretty good. That kid, that like, guy took skate, everything yeah. to the extreme. Well, he yeah. was kind of, he was proto a lot of those shows that came after him. He was the trailblazer. Certainly I mean, was. Certainly doesn't get enough credit for pushing that style of comedy forward. Well, I think when it comes down to it, he's going to be remembered fondly mm. by a lot of people. And I feel like because of how hard he hit and how stylistic what he did was that in a way that maybe it hurt him for for a little bit but i also think that's kind of coming around mm. and i feel like people are starting to realize this guy is actually more than just my bum is on your lips my bum is on yeah. your lips like i didn't even know he started out in stand up i didn't even know that yeah he Until absolutely did he, here, yeah. he absolutely did he started out in stand up and that's another thing people don't realize about the yeah. guy so like that's the kind of stuff you you get when you listen to my show, as opposed to conversations about uh, chart pepperoni, <laughs> we just eat it. We don't talk about it. That's what we do. <laughs> right here, we're talking about pepperoni. There, they're talking about you know the history and future of comedy. No big deal. It's None fine. at all. None at all. It's fine. Yeah, keep racking up those awards. <laughs> just keep racking them up, Chris. Well, I'm going to talk to the person who wants to talk about all these things. So, Chef Joe, what, how did you get into food? What was what was your drive to get into the food business? Oh, I was. My family's always been in the business. I grew up in it. I started out doing dishes when I was twelve. Here in Rochester, in or elsewhere? Rochester, yep. Yeah. My uh, father and my two cousins opened for Telly's, which is an Avon that's still open actually. Okay, Canisius Lake. Um, it's an Italian restaurant, obviously. I'm um, doing classic, dishes. Classic yeah. Italian American. Yep. yep. Then I just kind of worked my way up doing prep, and then I was on the line by the time I was like 14. Mm-hmm. I was like sauteing, kind of running the line by the time I was 16. And then, yeah, then my dad opened another place in Henrietta. It was called Domenico's okay. Ristorante, which we were there about I 10 years. I remember Domenico's. Yeah, we were there for almost 10 years. Wow. Where was it in Henrietta? On East Henrietta Road. Up towards, you don't know, remember where, like, Growmore Farms is? Yeah, yeah. It's just a little up the road from there. Okay. Or it was, anyway. But we were there for 10 years, and then I kind of got out of the business for a little while. I was in banking mm-hmm. just to try something different, you know what I mean? I did that for a couple years, and then I missed cooking, so I went back into it. I ended up going back to culinary so I went to culinary school after all that, after having all that experience. But just to like kind of sharpen everything, you know what I mean? Well, also when you're in the family business. Right. It's it's different, yeah. You know your way. Yes. But it's not the way or Or, or it's a different perspective. Correct, yes. Yeah, so I got to, you know, get the classical training. And then I worked for some people. I went to Scottsdale, Arizona to go to school. And then I worked out there. Okay, you you got classic training too out there. Nice. Yep, I worked for a big catering company out there. Um, Then I moved back. Came back to Rochester, which is not a bad thing. No, I mean pretty common. Family and yeah, like a lot. It's got a lot going for it. Now, well, I mean, well, I think doing doing that actually helps helps the Rochester scene, yeah. regardless of what you're doing. People that leave and come back, you're bringing experience from the bigger cities, right? Different level of things, yeah, and helps everybody raise their game because you got to keep up. You can't yeah. you can't just be stuck doing the same thing over and over again forever. Exactly. So I mean, you did catering. And now yeah, this like, is your place. Yeah. How how did those? Obviously, you had the family experience catering. 
how is owning your own place different? I mean, obviously it's different, but what, what's what's been the biggest lesson well, you've I learned mean, so far? I mean, I could have did like a, a full-blown restaurant, but I've already been down that road and I've already, you know, experienced all that. I wanted something more flexible mm-hmm. where it's like you're not killing yourself every day of the week and the holidays and weekends and see with this spot I got now, it's very flexible and then I could still do events and festivals and things like that, you know, as I want. So it's nice. I mean, this is a pretty hot spot for downtown for lunch. Yeah, yeah, we get we get a nice, pretty big lunch crowd. It's very busy in here. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted to talk about too. Is I've never worked around downtown, right. so I don't get a chance to explore the downtown lunch scene at all. Yeah, and I mean, you've been downtown. How long has support well, been open? Since November will be five years. Since we got down here, pretty much everything in our vicinity is not is not existent now. Yeah, it's there kind of was, what I wanted to yeah, talk about. There's a subway still. There's like a Something down the road, like a pizza place, but mm-hmm. like there was Red Ogier at one point right across. That is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. There was a place in the executive building right around the corner, and that's not there anymore. Um, what else? There's a, there know. was a taco place that was there and gone now, right? That little building? Hot? I think it's an Asian place now, though. Okay. Yeah. It's, they do like bubble tea and stuff. Yeah. yeah that's, that's still there. There's a lot of in and outs, and I guess what I was wondering is... I mean, you've been here. How has it been being downtown during breakfast and lunch? And Good. How, how have you seen it change? More, more for lunch because breakfast, everyone's like quick. Like we just do like quick stuff for breakfast. Yeah. We do coffee and espressos and you know breakfast sandwiches, mm-hmm. Danish bagels, just easy things like that for breakfast. You got to try this guy's desserts. lunch is when we get nailed. Nice. So yeah. So I mean, but you've seen the last five years have kind of been. Huge when it comes to changing downtown. Yeah, lots happened. Most, when I first came back, I was the uh, banquet chef for when they reopened the Strathallen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so I, I got back right when they were renovating it. A lot of changes So, so I kind of like, sure. I started working there when it was like still being renovated, so I kind of opened it with them. Mm-hmm. I was a chef there, and then I got offered a private chef position for some guy in East Ham, so I did that. Because that's what I always wanted to do. Like, just how kinda, was that, by the way? Um, well, I got to do a little bit of it out in Scottsdale because the catering company I worked for did a lot of stuff for like a lot of the celebrities, these people that lived out in Phoenix, and then like went back and forth. Right, because a lot of between people, LA and stuff. Yeah. Right, a lot of people do that in Phoenix and Scottsdale. So yeah, I did a lot of like. There's a lot of money there, so oh, yeah. I did a lot of private parties at you know big mansions in the side of the mountains. And got to do all that stuff. Uh, we traveled a little bit for like. Um, we did uh, all the food for the the track and field tryouts in Eugene, Oregon, mm. at the, the university. Very cool. Which was cool. We got to do a little private buffet for the uh, the Kardashians. They were actually filming the show, and they were in the skybox that I was in charge of. Nice. The buffet for. So yeah, I got to do that stuff. You know, I got to do a, be an exclusive private chef. I worked at a hotel. I did restaurants. So far, this is my favorite gig so far. I mean, the creativity... Because it's mine, like you said. Like, yeah. It's mine. But I can cre- do whatever I want. The creativity has to be nice at something like that, yeah. too. Because you're forced to do different stuff all the time, right. I imagine. Right. See, with this, I mean, I could run... I could make the fat fuck sandwich if I want to. <laughs> and not have anyone, you know? So I was going to say, like... So you've got a menu that people depend on, right? Yeah, it's like... It's not too elaborate. I mean, it's... You know, it's pretty... You got the BLTs and the club sandwiches and... Mm-hmm. Few different good paninis or homemade meatball. I'm gonna say as a trained as a trained chef. Yeah. How is 
how is the balance between doing that stuff every day and then right. well, giving then, yourself some flexibility? See, that's why I like the catering part because then if I do like a wedding, I could do a little more of the fancier stuff, you know? Okay. With the hors d'oeuvre parties, and so I still get the, like to see both still, yeah, which is good. Yeah, because that's the stuff I've had. Like I was mentioning at the beginning, was at festivals, yeah. which were soups and some other things. Yeah, and you popped out some really interesting stuff. And a lot of these festivals, you just. I, I use the term this the phrase often. You don't have to be good at yeah. those things. You don't yeah. have to. You're just giving you're giving food away basically right. for free yeah. to people who've been drinking. So. Right. Where did what festival did you did um, you see us at? You know, I think it was there the was the, Lilac or no, the, there was the one the Midtown one Midtown Eats. Yeah, it was. I think Midtown Eats once, and then there was the we did Park F. It was a food and wine one over on Parcel Five. Oh, last yeah. year when yeah, it was yeah. really hot towards yep. the end of the year. Um, it was when they had the, like the celebrity chef or something. Yeah, yeah, I forgot who it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a cool event. Yeah, and it, you know what? They, it, it's great to you get to try stuff because again, I don't get down to downtown. Right. It's nice to get out and actually sample things, yeah. and you get new exposure and try. Let's see. That's the nice part. I think we'll be served for that. Wasn't it like a soup? It was Some like, sort of soup. I don't know. It was in the. It was cold out, right? Or was it hot? That was a hot it was day. Summer. It was a summer t- I mean, it could have been something else. I don't know. Way remember. to plan, Joe. No, but I think it was like in the end of September that we had like a freak day where it was hot. Wow. So I was planning the soup. And then yeah. it ended up being like 80 degrees that day. Yeah, I think like, it was one of like, those. Oddly, it shouldn't have been. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, the, the other thing, so so the, the catering. So you do you do weddings, you do big events. Yeah. You cater the comedy club. Yeah, we do a lot to. of corporate stuff downtown. Like okay. Shit, like office meetings. And, yeah, we do like the big You're events. our go-to. Yeah, if they have a bigger event where like someone wants like a more elaborate menu, mm-hmm. that's when I step in. They call me and I do their bigger events there. Yeah. So, what, what's your favorite thing to do when you get a chance to <clears throat> open up the menu? You know, do do the kind of things you're. It's hard to do in a breakfast lunch place. What's your favorite thing to open up your menu and just go after when you're cooking? Like if if I'm doing a wedding, you mean? Yeah, or wedding or catering or whatever. I've always people always ask me that, but it's always like they're like, "What's your favorite thing to cook?" And I'm always like, "Well." It's usually what I'm in the mood to eat at that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, Italian is what I do the best. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I enjoy cooking Asian-style food. Um, anything, really. But, like I said, whatever I'm in the mood for, if something sounds good to me to eat at the moment, that's what my favorite thing is. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean that's it's it's yeah. true. I mean, Asian's my go-to yeah. when I come. It's like it's weird. My comfort food became Asian food a while back. Yeah, like it's not like I love going home and get my mom's cooking just as much as anybody. Right, right. But if I'm going out dumpling, for a good dumpling, you know, I, I'm going to plug them. I don't well, care. Please do. I I don't usually I don't really have a go-to restaurant. Yeah, I just found it like this earlier this year. It's a uh, White Swans in Southwatch. Yeah, over it's on delicious. Clinton. Yeah. So the really they, good dumplings, really good like dim sum menu. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going. I have. Yeah, it's, it's a cool spot. It's, like a, it's almost like a diner, but it's like an Asian. It's it is. Yeah. So it's definitely dim sum style. I don't remember if they do the cart service or not, but I they, don't know if they do. They've got a good selection of options. Um, it's a little bit pan Asian, but it's definitely Chinese focused. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's it's great to go out and try the different stuff, and they've got a lot of traditional stuff too, and you want to try out weird flavors. Yeah. I mean, they've got them. Yeah, but they're like, their crab rangoons are really good. Their mm-hmm. dumplings are on point. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. We were, we we're driving back from Pittsburgh this last weekend. We ended up stopping in Erie to eat dinner. We found this little Chinese place, and they had traditional dishes on the menu. And I'm like, 
this is what I needed after a long day. Like, it's when it yeah. comes to comfort food, like, yeah. it's weird Me what too. becomes your comfort food. Yeah. It, it changes over time. Because I, I don't go out for meatloaf. Because I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure you're probably sick of sauce, like. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, that I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think, yeah. like, Asian food's, like, now my comfort food. Yeah. Because I've grown up eating all kinds of Italian food. Um, so I'm kind of sick of it, you know? <laughs> I am. I really am. You can only have so much yeah. at some point. Yeah. The honesty. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, except you, my dad's raviolis. My dad's raviolis is the best. Is that is that your family dish? That's the one you remember yeah. the well, most? When we had the restaurants, all our stuff was homemade. The, the gnocchi, the raviolis. Nice. We made all the bread. The bread was homemade, baked fresh every day. Mm. The managoth, all that stuff was all homemade. It was all good. That's great. Yeah. Now I'm talking with my mouth full. <laughs> so, chew, chew, chew. So you've been here for five years. Yep. You got the catering going. Yeah. Do you trying have... to expand it a little more? Yeah, I was gonna say, what's, yeah. what's your next step here in town? What What do you think? I mean, as about? far as like like where you could come in and eat, probably just this is gonna be the extent of it. Yeah. I want to elaborate more on my catering. Yeah. Find more of an exclusive venue where I could just you know bang out events every weekend. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. There's a so lot I'm of kind of looking for a good spot, you know, something different, because they're they're popping up everywhere now. Yeah, man, Absolutely. people be they lucky really to land you, dude. Yeah, for sure. Well, somebody somebody with passion that's not just going through the motions, right? There's so many people that hire caterers to come in, and they just do garbage work. And I'm not saying anybody specifically, but it's they just don't like care. A dime a dozen, yeah. Or they they get too big almost where the quality goes down. Yeah, and I don't want to get to that point. Yeah. I want to still be, you know, active in what's going on. Right. Real discussions, right. real work to yeah. give the people exactly what they want out of it. Yeah. People are spending all this money on their big days, whether it's a wedding or... Thousands of dollars, yeah. And, and they're getting mediocre stuff. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of good food, too. For sure. That's offered. Of course. But I know what you're saying, though. Like, usually when you go to a wedding, I've, I've maybe a handful. I've been to where I remember the food and be like, wow. Oh, yeah. It was excellent. I, but how much, it's I mean, rare. I mean, most, the majority of the time it's shit. The percentage is yeah. really bad. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you've been to a fair amount of weddings, Vinny. I mean, there's... I get invited to so few events. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, yeah. Nobody invites me to their wedding. <laughs> Nobody wants you there? No, not at all. <laughs> you know, well, maybe they invite... I don't go to a lot of where weddings. Was oh. like, where did you hit? Where was yours? Dude, if I told you, you'd laugh so hard. Mine was in... Uh, Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, but, yeah, brother. <laughs> no, we were we got married in a tiny on the Fourth of July in a tiny little church in Kimberly, Alabama. On Fourth of July. On the Fourth of July oh, in a tiny. It's very little, patriotic. Is that where she's tiny, from? Yeah, yeah, tiny little, tiny little church, man. Like just this old school kind of thing. And so then you'd seen a movie kind of thing, like. Yeah, kind of, sort of. <laughs> I mean, my wife's a, a Southern belle, man. That's what she's into. Nice. So. Awesome. So uh, for the reception, we had uh, we used a caterer to do like barbecue and all that stuff because mm, we wanted to make it like down south would be legit barbecue. Right? It was legit. It was, it was it great. Top Hat oh, was awesome. I think the name of it was great, and they had uh, you know they did like all Fourth of July food because nice. we wanted to make it fun for everybody. That's, you know? that's good. That's cool. Yeah, that's good. You know what? It's it's one of those things that people they people tend to be self conscious about. It is if they don't like fancy, they think they're not liking the good stuff. I mean, I've been to weddings that have barbecue food that are some of the best I've ever been to. Yeah. yeah. No, it, does, I agree. it doesn't have to be fancy to be good. Yeah. No. Sometimes like, places that are super fancy, the food sucks. Funny. But when they could execute both, that's like, it's amazing. It, it, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's special when you <laughs> go to a place, you can get affordable food that's executed at this cool level. Right. 
But, I mean, there's very few places I like more in Rochester than, you know, Puerto Rican, Dominican, Jamaican places. Yeah. And yeah. going to get really good barbecue. Best restaurant I ever ate at was in Miami at a Cuban restaurant. Oh. And it's still on the top of my list. Of yeah. Best. Old Thanks. school Cuban. Oh, my God. It was you got to give me the name that I'm heading down there. So. Yeah. Nice. It was right in South Beach. Well, that's a, that's a tough thing is it's very rarely are they the easy places to go to. <clears throat> you got to find the right people. You got to talk to people. You have to research to find these yeah. awesome places. And it's not it's A lot not of times the they're like unassuming. Like you wouldn't even think it would be good. Yeah. You know, they could even be a hole in the wall. You don't know. Might yeah. have a, like, that's how they made the show freaking... What's the Guy Fieri's show? Drive-in diners and dives. Like he goes all those shitholes and they probably got awesome food, you know? Sure. Absolutely. And you know, like... You know, do I like necessarily what he's doing on his menus? Well, maybe not, but this show has given a lot of exposure yeah. to a lot of great food all around the country. That no one would probably ever know about or hear of. Yeah. And now people travel. Unless you live there. Right. People travel to go to these places now. Yeah. Do you, you see they had them fried macaroni and cheese balls? <laughs> we'll drive 60 miles for those to get in the car, Clancy. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, that show's so weird to me. It's crazy. And there, there was there was one they highlighted a couple on one of the shows where up until that point they had been to every place that the show had been to. Oh wow! All over the country. They should probably they just <laughs> yeah. They should probably food. just have kids. Yeah. <laughs> they should probably just stop I, that. It's I probably th- not healthy. I think they may have been bored. <laughs> I mean, you you can't do that and have a lot else going on driving all around the country for that. But yeah, their marriage has to be in trouble if that's all they can <laughs> yeah. agree on. How I can think of a million other things to do. I mean, the conversation after that long on the road has to just die really quickly. I liked that episode. <laughs> like, what are you going to talk about? <laughs> just yeah. smelling each other's farts all the way back home. Great. Oh, man. Uh, just stink up that car. Oh, all right. the drive-ins, diners, and dives place. <laughs> so, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to finish the rest of this sandwich. Quick plug again for Sapori Chef Joe. Where do you find... So you're at 16 Main? Yep, we're 16 West Main Street, corner of State and Main, in the atrium of the Powers Building. And open five days yep, a week? Monday through Friday, breakfast, lunch, 7.30 to 2.30. Perfect. Well, we'll be back in a second, and we're going to talk... Comedy and podcasts and all sorts of fun stuff. So with Joe, yeah, obviously. Okay, I mean, who else are we going to talk about that here? Okay, yeah, good. Before we get back to this week's episode, I'd like to take a second to talk to you about Frankly. That's p h r a n k l y dot com. Frankly is the best way to find out how your favorite local restaurants source their products, and also how to find your favorite specialty goods. You can check out restaurants like Joby and Coffee, Marty's Meats. Search for them on Frankly and find out where they source their goods from. Or you can check out your favorite specialty product like Guglielmo Sauce. Search for them on Frankly and find out all the locations you can buy their sauce all over. That's Frankly, P-H-R-A-N-K-L-Y dot com. Well, I just finished a monster of a sandwich. The Vinnie Paulino Sandwich Special. Over at Sapori. That thing was delightful. And after a long day, oh, that was, that was that was perfect. And I gotta say, I'm pretty sure the real me tastes awful. But that sandwich <laughs> is uh, something else. You don't you don't think you'd be that good if you got no, cooked No, 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 no. You're not you're not acorn fat. A lot of fat, a lot of fat. <laughs> you gotta render it down first. 
All right. Well, listen, I'm no chef. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to will my corpse to Joe. I like and let that. him do whatever he wants to with it and have like one of those creepy cannibal parties. You just got signed up for something you might not want to get that? signed up for, chef. When um, um, I'm dead soon for me eating pizza paninis, <laughs> I'm going to will my body to you so you could serve at some kind of like gourmet cannibal party. And you'd have to charge a really good dollar for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can invite my essence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. This got dark. It really did. <laughs> really did. The only time Vinny ordered uh, like healthy when he came in here was when he came in here with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> It's a true story. He's like, I, was I was like, like, I'll just take a turkey sandwich. Like, did, you, did you get a, I thought you got a salad or something. Turkey, Hell no. Turkey sandwich, no, no mayo, no yeah, cheese. No, no meat wrap. No wrap. <laughs> that was the only time you could help it. That was funny. Oh, we were God. actually laughing about it in the back. <clears throat> you tell me that. It's <laughs> ah, good. Cute. Why don't you come out and just point and laugh at me? <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot. Oh, please. Be my guest. <laughs> oh. So, but I sent out the mac and cheese we had that day anyway, remember? Oh, yeah, you, yeah, did oh, you yeah. Did you end up eating it or did you? Listen, my wife did she, yeah. doesn't eat dairy oh, because she oh. does uh, marathons and stuff. Oh, jeez. So she just gave up dairy. So you brought a whole thing of mac and cheese out there, and I went, thank you, Joe. <laughs> thank you, Joe. At least, I mean, you can blame me at least. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, what a great guy Joe is. Oh, you can't <laughs> eat this on? Oh, I'm sorry. Perfect. Give me a fork. Yeah, I mean, out of respect. <laughs> I had, you have to eat it. I mean, what else are you going to do? Out of, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're I, fine. I, I felt that was a good story to tell. On the, That's a no, great on story. Podcast. It's true. It was. And, you know what, one, I appreciate you bringing it out. This it was great. I, I, love the, I love the creativity and working with different stuff. This turned out really well. So, Sapori sponsors the comedy of the Carlson cast. They do. Yep. Let's talk about the show. So we already talked about, hey, you get all these great guests. Right. Where were you before doing this? You did you did shows before this. Yeah, as well. I've been podcasting since oh goodness, around 2010, 2011. Okay. And um, I've very much been into the medium of radio my entire life and I love stand up and you know, a lot of comics kind of get involved in the, in in podcasting and a lot of people that I knew started doing them kind of early. And someone offered me studio space to do a podcast. So I started doing it, and I uh, did a show called Shoot to Thrill. And we did uh, really well, like really, really well. And we got some awesome guests on that back in the day. We had Joel Hodgson from Mystery Science Theater. That's awesome. I had a, a couple of the living Ramones before they died. Well, I mean, so, like, what, like 50 of them have died, right? There's well, so many. Well, no, none of the good ones. <laughs> I didn't get the good <laughs> ones. I got the replacer roads. I had uh, CJ, I had uh, Ed Richie, okay. and then I had Monty Melnick, the guy who, uh, he was the guy who uh, drove their van for Is forever. Hold on, who's this? Hold on. There's Uh-oh. some guy walking over here. Uh-oh. Confrontation. Love. Business hey, Al. Hey, Al. Al ran away. Yeah. Get lost, Al. Al Parisi from Parisi and Bellavia. Oh, that's Al? Yeah. <laughs> he okay. does the uh, water cooling show. DKX. DKX on Wednesday. Yep. Oh, yeah. nice. There you go. He's a loyal patron of mine. So now you can say you had a celebrity uh, pop-in. <laughs> yeah. yeah on your show. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I guess we were doing that show for quite a while. And um, I got offered to do a late-night TV show with My18 TV. And uh, I did that for four and a half years. Uh, it was called The Rochester Show. Yeah, I remember seeing 
you know, when I was, you know, miserable and uh, searching in TV late at night, I remember I remember seeing it a few times. Uh, I'll tell you what. If you saw it, you remember it. Yeah. Because we were very different, I would say. Yeah. That's the only way I could describe that show. It's a little out there. Yeah, but that, that's that's there's only that's a that's the way to get recognized is by if you're going to be on late at night, you're going to be on that kind of station. Okay, I'll tell you who recognized me. I'll yeah. tell you who recognized me from that show. And this is going to sound really crazy because it's on Channel 18. Which mm-hmm. like the people at Channel 18 and my 18, if they hear this, I love you guys. Of course. But if you're if you're flipping through the cable channels in Rochester, New York, they're the ones that aren't HD. Okay, that's how you tell who they are. And God bless them. But they put us out of this weird time slot, and they gave me so much airtime. We had five new shows a week, Monday through Friday. That's we were pu- crazy. We were pumping out. We were filming twice a week and pumping out shows all the time. And the funniest thing is my co-host on the Carlson cast now, Brian Ball, was my head writer for the Rochester show. Yeah. We just work really well together. And he had to take his son to the emergency room one night. <laughs> and he's sitting in the emergency room. <laughs> We're waiting room at Rochester General, and they just have Channel 18 on apparently 24 hours a day. Oh. So all these poor people that are in the hospital were watching my nonsense <laughs> every night. Every night, just in the wall, like that. And people That's said funny. to me, "A lady in Wegmans goes, I know you, Channel 18.'" <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Oh, thank you." Like they probably thought you owned the station or something. Yeah, they're like, you this, were on. like my dad was rich, and this weird dude just got a crazy show. That's yeah, exactly. Funny. Well, th- but that's that's also a great way to. I mean, if you want to do this, you need time behind the stick. You need to interview people. You need to talk yeah. on your own. I mean, I imagine that much time doing it for five days a week and doing all this time, all those hours has to be... It makes you an incredibly adequate and mediocre <laughs> podcast host. <laughs> what, what, what kind of uh, guests did you have for that show? Like, what, oh, what, what uh, kind of shows did you have Nobody that? wanted to come do that show. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. Like, So I had a... Uh, just a group of comics and open micers that I really liked, and I would switch it out. Yeah. And I would bring different people. We had a news guy. We would do segments. Oh, nice. Uh, we, we had it very segmented, and we had a lot of bits that were pre-written, and we didn't do a lot of off-the-cuff stuff. It was very structured and organized and very out there. Which which is hard to do. I mean, doing anything structured and organized is very difficult. You know, you know who inspired me? I was trying to build my own little universe. I yeah. was trying to build a Rochester show universe. I had reoccurring characters. <laughs> I had uh, this guy, Dan Rabinsky, if you Google him. He's just a stranger, older guy who uh, retired from Kodak, and I love him to death. But uh, we had him just, we had a couch in the yeah. set, and we had him just play a guy named... I can't remember Dumpster Dan, and we had a and he we got this raccoon. We had like this stuffed raccoon puppet that lived back there behind the couch with him, and he would scurry around and pop up every now and again and just like start talking. And it was just a weird thing, man. It was just whatever we thought was funny at the time we went with. Well, that has to be that has to be one edifying. It has to be really nice to just do whatever the hell you want to do. Well, you know, like when you were talking to Chef Joe earlier, like about opening up and doing stuff. It's great. But the reality is, at times you could be a little self-indulgent. <laughs> so you know, it's it was. I had a really, really good time doing it, and I was fine when I wasn't doing it anymore. Yeah, I miss my cast, and I miss you know the guys I worked with and the ladies I worked with there. We had a ton of fun, but uh, you know, I'm doing I'm doing something you know that's also fun. So yeah. it just it you know projects change. Yeah. What was the biggest lesson you took from that that you've applied to the comedy at the Carlson cast? Okay, um, 
I learned a lot about the pacing of video. Yeah. I learned about how you have to pace a segment and how you have to keep things moving and the time uh, on screen and how it really, some you know shots and how long they are and things like that. I learned a lot of little things that I would never have had the opportunity to learn in terms of video production and stuff like that. So that was a crash course because um, they said to me, Chris, they go, so listen, we really want to have some local programming. We like this idea, the Rochester show. This sounds really interesting. What's it going to be? In essence, you know, I'm going to bring these guys in and we're going to do like a video podcast, but we'll have pre-recorded segments and we'll do stuff. Okay, great. Go do it. Yeah. And I was like, well, what? <laughs> and they were just like, well, here, use yeah. this room, figure it out. That's the best way to learn. And they that's what I did. I had a couple of guys that were, uh, my buddy Mike Barry, who's doing really big things in Chicago right now, Great. was there with me, and Brian Ball was there with me, and you know Marcus Cox and uh, Ross Johnson, all those guys were there just helping me through all of it, and we all were a pretty good team. Yeah, it's it's. I find that really interesting that you mentioned pacing, because it's something that you, you start to get an innate feel for, <clears throat> like, I've done over 100 episodes of this, you know, so probably 130, 140 hours of, you know, talking to people, figure out how to interview somebody, you have the pacing in your head at some point. Yeah. You and, learn how to do it. And it's, I like to think that I have very good timing with stand-up. Yeah. Like, I know how to just let things hang, and I know when to hit it. And, like, I learned that through doing. And all of the lessons from stand-up going from, like, stand-up to doing, like, a television hosting thing... I guess maybe you learn how to live in the moment the same way you have to kind of be in the moment. keeps you present. But it's also a completely different presentation. It's a different animal. For sure. And, you know, even just plain audio versus video, you're getting very different things. You don't yeah. get you don't get the switching video because you guys are doing it for real. You're doing switching video. You've got guests. You've got co-host. You've got you. You've got... Yeah. Your guy on the board has a camera, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick's got a board. Nick's a little weirdo. Nick was on the Rochester show with yeah. us. Oh, and, was uh, Yeah, Nick was... Uh, that kid is... is he the, I remember, you guys did a couple, like, um, off-site stuff, too, didn't you? Yeah, we've done a lot of off-site stuff. That one... I think I've seen one thing before I even met you, like, before we even started talking about me sponsoring the show. Huh? Was that one bit where uh, was some politician... Was it during Park Fest? Oh, yeah. Someone yeah. kept going up to him and, like, getting his autograph or something. Was that you? Yeah, that was us that we did that. The Rochester that we messed was with Chuck you, Schumer at Park Ash. Oh, Schumer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was funny. Oh, God. It was so funny. Was it you? Someone, was it I you got that scared for a second. Up to him? No, it wasn't. It was Malcolm Whitfield. Just, God bless Malcolm. He, he did, uh, like, 10 times. How many times did he go up to him? A lot. <laughs> so what I did was I camped out. On the side of the place. Now, here's the thing. I had relative anonymity because nobody watches say unless you broke your arm and you were in the ER. (laughs) So, like, I could kind of, like, shock people and do kind of, like, guerrilla-style stuff where people didn't know what we were up to. So, Schumer was at Park FS, and I had this idea of doing a segment called, Is the Park Avenue Festival Fun? My thesis statement, no, it is not. I agree completely. I think it's it's the worst festival. It's go eat and then you get the hell out of there. Listen. It takes... It's park. It's the Park Ave Festival, yeah. and there's nowhere to park. No, yeah, true. Terrible. That's it. It's just there's. It's unless you live down there, it sucks. Exactly, yeah. and the Bros. Oh my God, the oh, Bros. So many. So I sent Malcolm out because he was working as our news guy, and I went out to produce the segment. So I was running the camera, and as we're walking through, there's Schumer just standing there shaking hands with people, 
And I go, I think it would be hysterical if I go hide over there with Takara and you, like all these people are lined up for Schubert, get in line, shake his hand, and then go back around to the end of the line and come back and shake his hand and see how many times you could do it before he actually says. But he noticed though, right? Like didn't eventually he was like, Yeah, I think it was like number seven. Seven or eight. He realized it. And as this was going on, a guy walked up to me from Senator Schumer's office and goes, uh, hi Vinny, how's the show going? And I was like, what show? Like, I didn't know. Like, I was kind of scared. He was like, oh, I've seen your show on Channel 18, like the Rochester show. Like, good. I don't know what he was, but he knew everything. He scanned your face and then, like, yeah. all his information. Yeah, somebody did something. And this guy came up like he knew me like I was his best friend. And I didn't buy it for a second that he just casually saw my show. So immediately, you're we like, well, thanks. It's a pleasure. Let's run. And we, we got out of there. But yeah, that's the kind of weird stuff we did for that show. Yeah. Well, he's in town like, you know, two times a year. He's at Cornhill and he's at Park Ave. Right. And that's his Rochester exposure. And I mean, I just wanted to see like how to, with it Chucky was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was yeah. kind of the experiment was just to see like, like, I, like the second time I was like, hey, you're back. Like is what I would expect. But seven times, Chuck. Is it still on YouTube? Could you like search I it? I think it is. I think you can find it. If you, a lot of the Rochester show stuff is still up there. So listen, do yourself a favor and just watch the Carlson cast. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> carlsoncast.com for all of our episodes. We're actually going to film our forty seventh. Forty seven. Yeah, we're about to hit our one year mark uh, with our good pal Rich Voss is going to be in town for that. Oh one. my God, he's a second visit, right? Yeah, our second visit with Rich, and he's just there's nobody better for the best and worst of talking to people than Rich. It's so perfect. He's Rich is I've known Rich Voss for ten years now. And I've emceed for him and featured for him and done a ton of shows with him. He is exactly what you think he is. <laughs> he is exactly, if you follow any media or know anything, he's, Bonnie, he's Mr. Bonnie McFarlane. He yeah. is, that's what he is. He's just, I want to go to Kohl's. Like, he's just, he's a weird dude. <laughs> that sounds like a place he would go. Yeah, Kohl's. like, he just, he's, he, Voss is just weird and I love him to death, but... He uh, it was one of my favorite episodes because he destroyed my co-host. Oh, it was great. Oh, he destroyed him. It was when, the best. What was some of your other favorite? Like, I, I think the um, the garbage plate one. Oh the, yeah, with the super troopers. Lizards, yeah, yeah, we had uh, Steve cool. and Kevin. I mean, th- those guys are just you, yeah. They seem like just good people to be around. I've met uh, Kevin, uh, Farva. Mac and uh, I also did a weekend with uh, Jay Sandris uh, Chandra Sikar, mm-hmm. uh, and he is also a very very fun guy. And I have Absolutely. stories about him that I will not tell with the microphone. <laughs> so I mean, let, let's let's take a step back and talk about stand up comedy. Let's do it. So when when did you start? When did you start doing it? When when was the first time you went up on stage? What is this? My show now? You're just reversing my show Absolutely, on me? Absolutely, okay. So uh, 2001 on a dare. I was underage drinking in a bar in Fort Worth, Texas, and they had an open mic night. Sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, I was living down there at the time, and my buddy's like, you should go up there and do it, because you're Vinny from New York, and they'll love it. Like It was just like gimmick time. Yeah. And so I just went up, and I didn't really have anything prepared, and I came up with some ideas of some thoughts I had, bits I will never, ever do again. Like, uh, bum fighting was one of the things, because that was oh, big I, at the time. I remember bum fighting. Yeah. yeah, and these guys were just like paying bums like cans to beat each other up and film it. Mm-hmm. It was like girls gone wild, but they had bum fights, too. Yeah, right? so I did jokes about that. Yeah. In a bar in Texas. They loved it. Absolutely. And I just kind of, I kind of got into it, but I, you know, I got out of it 
around 2002, 2003, and I stopped for about five or six years because I had some pretty heavy family stuff going on. And I got back into it around 2006, 2007 when the Comedy Club in Webster first opened up. I had moved back to Rochester, and I started hitting the open mics nights there. And uh, working my way up, I've just you know been very fortunate. I met a lot of really great uh, bookers and promoters and club owners and stuff who've given me a lot of opportunities that I'm thankful for. And um, I've gotten to consistently work in the business that I love. So, well, awesome. and I do have to say, I mean, when that club opened, the comedy club in Webster, yeah, that was for me kind of the. It seemed like it opened a lot of opportunities up for traveling comedians to come into town. And you know, we had a club in Rochester, uh, the Comics Cafe. I heard about it, but I never really yeah. went. I remember that. The I first comedy show, I I stand-up show, was real one, was at Comics Cafe really? I ever went to. And it was weird. I don't even remember who the headliner was. Wasn't that Plans in Winton? Winton, Winton yeah, Winton. it's now the uh, Downstairs Cabaret. Oh, okay. Now, uh, over there off of Winton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that used to be a 400-and-something-seater comedy club. Wow. Yeah, way cool back club. in the day. And they had huge, huge acts. And uh, they closed down a lot of overhead and uh, <laughs> yeah. problems, I heard, that people sure. had. And uh, they're gone. They were gone. So uh, the pe- some of the people who were involved with that place wanted to start something else. And they, you know, Joe T. and Mark Polito started up the Comedy Club in Webster. Yeah, that, that, I, I, went a, I went fairly often to that, that location and a nice, a nice room. Yeah. And it seemed like the people that did come in from out of town had good experiences and pretty good crowds. Yeah, man. And I'll tell you, that, that room, I really cut my teeth and learned a lot because, you know, God bless Joe T. And God bless Mark because... They, those two guys helped guide me in the right direction. Because, you know, stand-up, it's really easy to get written off. Like, mm. you know, you could do good stuff, but it's easy to get written off. To get the paid work is very difficult. And it's, it's not, it just doesn't show up. You got to, like, really learn how to maneuver and how to, you know, what clubs are looking for. Because the last thing in the world someone wants to pay money to somebody to do is to talk into a microphone. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like, it, it, and there's not a lot. You have to be really good at it to get people to pay you. And so, God bless Joe T. I, you know, did a contest that they had at their club back in 2007, and I, did, I was like a semifinalist for it. And he just liked me. He was like, "This kid, he's got something here." And he started booking me to host. And I started off hosting there and moved my way up the ladder and. Been doing uh, some good stuff ever since then. Well, because that's a skill in of itself. Is being a good host is completely different than middling or headlining. It's a very different thing. It's a completely well, yeah. It's harder. It's definitely harder. And it's I never understood uh, the old school. If we want to talk stand up philosophy for a second, because this is what I do on the comedy of the Carlson cast. We I, talk about very clinically about the business. I love nerdery first and foremost, so this is like this is my kind of show. Well, you brought up a really good point. The hosting position is traditionally the hardest position in, on the show. And the way it used to be booked, Chris, people don't realize, nowadays most clubs, they hire the local guy who's just starting out to host, which in a way is like throwing someone to the lions. And that's why a lot of times you've seen a host and you go, what is going on with this? It Let's wait for the next guy. more often than you'd think. Right. And, it, and it's... You know, it's not that these people aren't funny. It's just that, you know, a cold room when you walk up and people are waiting. They set the tone for the whole night, I think. Right. So the way it used to be booked was the opposite of that. The funniest person on the show was the headliner. The second funniest person on the show was the host. And the third funniest was the middle or the guest spot or whatever. 
because, you know, it was the le- least amount of time to give people a little time to stretch their legs, but you have somebody really funny in case that goes bad to step in yeah. and be funny to get the crowd back before the headliner. So the hosting is like such a skill and it's really hard to learn. And I credit Joe T for teaching me because if it wasn't for that guy, I wouldn't know step one from yeah. anything. I mean, being valuable to a club is a great asset. I mean, yeah. not not only if not only you're delivering good jokes, but you're if you're valuable, if you can be the host, if you can be the middle, if you can be what they need you to be. Yeah, it's a great thing to be. Yeah, and you know, I, you know, the place in Webster, you know, God rest its soul. Um, we moved into a much bigger place that is like basically the Starship Enterprise of comedy clubs. Yeah, the comics that come through, they're like, this is one of the best clubs in the country right now. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's awesome. really well formed. Yeah, and I haven't spent a ton of time in you know clubs around. Yeah, but it's well formed. It's comfortable for the guests. Mm-hmm. And it's a good-sized room that doesn't feel too big. And, you know, like, we're not exactly foodies there. You know, we don't really <laughs> do, like, uh, like uh, we don't do, we do shark, Chuck Woolery yeah. boards. Yeah, yeah, Chuck Woolery boards. We got boards. some Chuck Woolery boards. You should boards. have them name that on the menu. Yeah, I just might. <laughs> I, might have to say, I might have to talk to Mark about that one. But, it, but Mark Small and Bolito. Yeah, like pretzels and nachos, things like that. Yeah, but it's all good. Yeah, but it we've been doing a lot of good. events there. We got, I mean, we got, we've done some big stuff. Yeah. We did and, almost 400 people for that one fundraiser. Well, I mean, th- not only that, we've been the home just this year to uh, Plata Palooza yeah. and Pizza Palooza, which are huge events. I remember that popped up. That was a really interesting idea. I yeah. think Sasa Palooza going to be next. I don't know what's going to be next. Don't give it away yet. It's it's just going to be um, Paul and Guillermo there with like 20, <laughs> 20 uh, tables around. Uh, uh, hey, guys. Uh, I got shot glasses of marinara here. <laughs> it's going to be Step all, on he up. He would have to win it, though. Like, he would have to win Woody, I love you, Paul. Well, yeah, that's well, I'll get my mom in there. I'll teach him a thing. <laughs> I love you, Paul. You're, so you're gonna have I. twenty tables. Well, I think that's why, like, like Tahoe's and all those guys didn't compete because, like, if they lose, like, it's like they started it. Yeah, you know and what you I know, mean. Well, like with the plate of Palooza thing, that that was crazy. That was just sold out. That was fun, oh, yeah. yeah. They're gonna do that every year, so that's gonna be like a Rochester tradition. So we're trying to like embrace the food stuff too. And uh, the place is just, it's unreal, the acts we're getting. Coming up just this month, we got Marlon Wayans, Tom Green, Jeremy Piven. And then in November, like, we're not even just booking, like, stand-up shows. They're finding interesting other types of shows. Check this one out, Chris. Did you see, do you know what I'm about to tell you? I think I do, but go ahead. One night only, Val Kilmer. Yeah, I did see that. Doing his one-man show about Mark Mark Twain. Twain. Yeah, that's going to be great. Who, like, where where else are you going to see it? And it's it's great to see stuff like that because these are the opportunities you have when you have a good room. Yeah, I mean it's I I think there was one of the first ones that came into town was Mike Birbiglia yeah. who crosses that line between stand up and one man show. Yeah. I had the privilege of being the MC for that show. I had a blast. It was a great night. Yeah, and that's that's a tough person to be to MC and host around. You want, sometimes. You want to tell you an interesting Mike oh, Birbiglia? Of course. Okay, I, Mike. I only met him. For a little bit, you wouldn't be able to pick me up out of the lineup ever. Yeah, just very nice guy, but Absolutely. also very little, little weird, little standoffish kind of mm-hmm. a guy. So he brought his feature act. Has been lacked with him. Somebody travels with him. So I worked as the club host. Hey, everybody did about ten minutes. Brought up the feature act, and the feature act was going to do twenty. So now you're in the green room with the headliner. <laughs> 
while the other person does 20 minutes. And Mike Birbiglia notoriously has some sleeping issues. So I walk into the green room, and all the lights are off, and he's laid on the couch with a book over his head. And I'm just standing there going, completely quiet. Like, I didn't know what to do, so I stood by the door very quietly. Then he got up, and he looked at me, and I was like, do you want me to leave? And he's like, no. And I said, okay. And then he went back to sleep. And, like, it was so creepy. I don't know how. Like, what am I supposed to do? Stand over Mike Birbiglia while he's asleep? It was weird, man. I don't want to be in the same room when my wife's asleep. It's yeah, just weird. It's disconcerting. And the Very lights are much. off, too. Like, oh, the lights are off. The yeah. you're, you're not a mom watching to see if their kid's breathing at night. And, like, I didn't even know if I should be like, hey, Mike, I'm going to go bring you up now. Like, yeah. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Did he, like, perk right up, though, when he woke up? Yeah, yeah for him. He, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, he's not a high-energy comedian. Right, but he just, he was up into this thing. So, I mean, it was just a little weird. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, Piven, is, what's, is Jeremy Piven do stand-up, or is he, like, another, like, different act? Like, uh, he's stand-up, no, doing stand-up. Is he? Yeah, cool. Saying that. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people are doing it. It's an opportunity to get out and see people, and you have a, you have a name for yourself, and yeah. you get a chance to go out and do something that's your own, and... Um, you know, there's there's always opportunities out there for people that want to hustle. No, <laughs> if you not in stand up, you, know, you don't think so? Stop fighting for my jobs. No, I'm just kidding. Gotta, I'm just kidding. You gotta like know the right people, kind of thing. Yeah, man. Because there's a lot of talented people. It's a small, it's a small circle. The people yeah. who do the hiring. Yeah. Like, I mean, the club owners, club managers, they all know each other. They all talk. Yeah. And like. The, the comics, like, there's regional people who headline. You know, they know everybody. And, you know, it, it's really... I just read this interesting article. I posted it on my Facebook. Uh, on Reddit, they did a Q&A with uh, a, a comedy club manager. And it was, like, 15 things that you could learn from a comedy club manager. And it was an amazing article. Really well written. It was really great. Did you, did you check did. it out? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, one of the things that they pointed out was, like, it's word of mouth. It's word of mouth. It's, like, what... Like, if a club could say, listen... We can trust this guy to hold a mic and not mess it up. There you go. Yeah. But you just cold emailing and stuff like that. It's tough because they don't know you from Adam, and you could send right. a video. But they also listen. A video is a great thing because you know you could see the act. But then you know when you're in person, you know they might you know, caught lightning in you a bottle. Have time to watch all the ones again either. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'd have to sit down and actually watch it. And, and that, that's the real thing. You know? And when you look at who's being headlined in Club Nation, Clubs Nation, right? I mean, like, comedy at the Carlson's a different animal than a lot of smaller clubs, but it's hard to get headlining work. It's not easy to work your way up. I mean, there's thousands of people pursuing stand-up in New York and L.A. right this very second. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were just in New York. I went to New York for the first time. Oh, wow. And I, we were waiting in line for pizza. Okay. The famous pizza place. Two stand-up Ray's? Lombardo's? No, this was uh, <laughs> DeFara's. Okay. Um, we waited in line for over an hour and a half for uh-huh. two slices of pizza each. Uh-huh. Um, but we had two stand-up comedians right next to us. One guy was moving to L.A. and the uh-huh. other guy was working locally. Uh-huh. And, you know, you hear a lot of the same kind of stuff. They're struggling through it. They're they're working. They're hustling. They're doing their own podcast. What yeah. city do you think is the best like for that? Like, I would never go to New York or LA right now. I would never do it. What, You'd would be you surprised. Recommend? I'd go to Chicago. I would go to 
Oh, God, maybe even, you know, some people have been telling me Dallas is pretty hot. Like, they got some clubs down there. I could see that. Denver. St. They're, Louis. St. Louis has got a uh, funny Sean, bone in St. Louis. Yeah, Sean, that's from Rochester. Yep, Sean Murphy. Yeah. Sean, uh, no, no, not Sean Murphy. Sean O'Brien. Sean O'Brien. Yeah. Sean He's Murphy's a Buffalo in, guy, I'm sorry. Sean O'Brien's when they came in with Nicky Glazer. Absolutely. Yeah. I know I know Sean real well. Sean listens to my show. He messages me every now and again. Yeah, he's a good dude. He was in town uh, not too long ago. He worked but, for us at Domenico's. He was he bartended. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, he was small like, world. Gotta keep and, on like, doing it. He tried material on like us all after work, <laughs> and it was good. We all and had see, to and you notice the guy's you know doing really well for himself, and he had to get out of Rochester. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's, gotta, it's yeah. tough. I own property, so I'm just kind of stuck here at the moment. <laughs> I love this city, though. I have a great time. I mean, it's a tough, tough, tough business. But it's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun if you're good at it. So, I mean, so for you, yeah. What, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself through doing comedy? The biggest thing that I've learned about myself yeah. is that, um, wow, okay. I know, I, I went big there. That, that's yeah, a big, that's a big that's statement. A big, that's a big statement. Um, when I was a kid, I was terrified of public speaking. I really was very, very scared of it. I had to do, um, I'd written some papers and they had me talk in front of the school and classes at assemblies and stuff like that. And my knees would knock and I would be really, really terrible. And how I ended up doing stand-up and could yell at a room of people the way that I yell at people sometimes, <laughs> it blows my mind. And I guess I learned that um, it's okay to just let it all go sometimes. Yeah. Because I was a very reserved and like very self-conscious kid. Very self-conscious. And I learned through performing to just get out of that and just let it hang out. And people respond to it a lot better. Yeah, public speaking. Like, didn't it rank higher than like death? Like in like- Yeah, Seinfeld's class of jokes. Yeah. Like, more like... The number one fear is public speaking. The second is death. Yeah. So people would much rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's Seinfeld's old right, joke. Right. Yeah. But you know, it's it's so true. I mean, I I I lived a lot of that in my life. Yeah. It was a lot of that, you know, super self conscious, being miserable just because you didn't know what to do. You didn't right. do it because you're terrified. Right. And I think that's that rings really true to me. Is like the best thing I ever did was stop caring. As much. And, and you know, honestly, that might be the best way to sum it up. Is in a lot of ways, even my wife goes, I just can't handle you because you don't care anymore. <laughs> you just, like, I show up and I'm just like, here I am. And that's the motto I live my life by now. And whether it's good or bad, it's just kind of where I landed. And I'm happier than I ever was. Kind of makes all the difference, awesome. doesn't it? When it, when it comes Big down time. to doing anything like this. Big time. Being you as much as you can be. And you know, it's like for perform this for the sake of a performance, you always have to turn it up quite a bit. Of course. But what I find really rewarding is when I could take a situation that just happened to me last week, or you know, I said something sarcastic, and then just take it and rework it and turn it into something. And then go in front of a group of people, turn it up, and just watch them laugh. It's a, the most amazing feeling in the world. Yeah. To nice. get a laugh is just the best thing, man. So one one of the things I did want to bring up, I got I got two more things for you. One, All right. controversy. Seems like sometimes you like turning it up on like Facebook and going after people. I don't go after people. Not too much. Well, listen, man. Sometimes in response. Well, listen. I just 
Political don't stuff. well. I I kind of like post a lot of political stuff lately because yeah. it really bothers people that I know that I like to bother, <laughs> and like I have a lot of strong political leanings. Yeah, of course. And so like you know a lot of stuff that's going on bothers me, and I really don't have. I have other ways to do it, but I also avoid politics in my set because it's the you know you're going to immediately polarize half the audience if you yeah. go into it. Especially I've watched nowadays. people kill. I've watched people kill. I watched <laughs> this one kid. Kill on a set, and then he did a Trump joke, and boom, it was yeah. over. Yeah, and it's it's like it's it's like a Rocky match when he's just killing it. All of a sudden, yeah. the guy comes out and just like claw, boom, down goes <laughs> Frazier. Yeah, it not, kills your momentum. Yeah. So like on Facebook, I I I hate to say the comedy business attracts a lot of damaged people, but it attracts a shit ton of damaged people, <laughs> and. This is in like I don't want to say this because it sounds conceited. I have a lot of people that hate my guts because of stand-up stuff or whatever. They just don't like me. Well, Something that, about them makes me crazy. Well, and that's the stuff I remember. I mean, I, I remember a few things and no specifics because we don't need to talk about specifics. But I just remember there were like these like po- you know comedy infights and all these things that were going on, and it was yeah. like really dramatic. And I'm I, very polarizing, and I don't know. <laughs> Like I, 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 well, I liked watching it because I like drama when it comes to other people. If people just left me to my own devices, we'd all be fine. <laughs> that was a nice echo right there. I just, I don't know how to answer that, Chris. Yeah. I don't know how to answer it. Like I don't shy away from it because I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. Like if somebody says something shitty, then guess what? I'm gonna respond to it, and I, I mean, I try to be as diplomatic as possible. But when you are sh- Deplorable. I have to call you out on being deplorable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's 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 not a bad thing. I just, I just found it interesting because I'm 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 like the complete opposite. I don't do anything on social media okay. that I want. That I I'm very curated. I like to throw out grenades. <laughs> is what I like to do, and I like to throw out, like I'll in the morning see a news article, and I'll just post something like I'll post the article and I'll write, "Yup." Yeah. And you'll see that a lot. I'll just write, yeah. yup. And then 172 <laughs> comments later. And you'll look, if you go back and look at these, I don't even comment on a lot of them. People just go nuts on, on there. And it's like my entertainment for the day. Yeah. that That's also part of it. I'm uh, kind of sick. That's fun. I, I kind of have a problem. <laughs> All right. So the last thing I had was... So you've been doing this for on and off for, what, 17 years? Yeah, you feel, yeah. 2001 was the so, first time. Where where do you see it going? Where, what's your what's your next steps? You know, man, that's a great question. I'm having a blast doing what I'm doing right now, and the Carlson cast is going really, really well. I'm doing stand-up dates, and I would be content. Listen, man, it's the art that I love. I, I am thrilled with every penny I've ever made doing stand-up. I'm thankful for it. Like I just know that it's rarefied air to get an ounce of work. And if I could do that every day till I die, if I could do stand-up and just concentrate on stand-up, I would be the happiest guy alive because it's that great to me. That's awesome. That That's the honest to God's truth. I would do stand-up and focus on stand-up. I don't care about television. I don't care about movies. I don't even really care about a podcast. Yeah. Being on stage and getting to perform is the most fun. And if I could do that, that's all I want to do. Hitting and the if road, I could, getting and out listen, there. Listen, I've had the pleasure of headlining some rooms. I've worked for some clubs that have headlined me. I would like to headline all the time. That yeah. would be the goal. 
Not the there yet. It's very hard to get there. I'm working my way. That's the goal. That's awesome. It's just stand up, baby. Stand up does it, man. Yeah. I love it. So you can find Vinny. What what days the podcast every week? Is it? We're Friday mornings. You Friday can watch morning. us on uh, Facebook Live. If you follow, if you just like comedy at the Carlson on Facebook, our live feed just streams right from their Facebook page. We also have a YouTube channel where we do the live streaming as well. And uh, you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher Radio app. Um, and you can just visit carlsoncast.com. And we have the video and audio of our newest episodes up on the front page. And then a full archive of all of our past videos. Yeah, a lot, a lot of cool guests. I mean, everybody that comes through, they get to talk to for an extended period of time. Which is great to get Rochester people talking to... I try to get them, like, talking about them. I, I've learned that I just try to shut up a lot and just let them go. So some people think I'm boring sometimes. But <laughs> I'm, I'm a big listener, and I like to sit back and learn, and that's really what the show's about. If you're interested in stand-up, you will see that it, in a lot of ways it's very clinical about the business. It's clinical about how did you write that, why did you put the punch there. Like, we talk about all sorts of stuff like that. So if you're into stand-up... It's like WTF, but a little more clinical because I don't know these people to screw around with them the way that Mark Maron does. Yeah, and maybe not quite as neurotic as Mark Maron is. Possibly more. <laughs> Just a different kind. Spe- Brian Ball might be. <laughs> All right, so um, definitely subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on audio, like you're listening to this. Check it out live. Um, and go to go to Comedy at the Carlson. If you're in Rochester and you haven't been yet, you're in for a treat. Just, I mean, if you go to the website and you look at the shows that are coming up, you'll find somebody you like. It is such an eclectic lineup and it's the best stand-ups in the world. And I'm not even joking. They are the best of the best comes to town. And a a really nice room. It's it's perfect for stand-up. Well-run, which you can't say that about everywhere. It's a well-run room and you hear it from everybody. And if you go, you're you're just gonna have a good time. Absolutely, wrong killer with that. event venue too. And let me tell you something. With killer food. Let's talk about what's really important: the Vinnie Paulino pizza panini. <laughs> put it in you. Put it in you. Watch, watch the pour. You, you put it on Facebook when it's a special. I'm assuming. Yeah, yep. When's Facebook, it gonna be a special uh, next? You think you want to throw a date out? Uh, maybe we could do it Friday. We could do Friday? it again. Yeah. You want to, are, is this going out soon? Yeah, it's gonna come out soon. Yeah. Oh, great. Friday, yeah. Like come to Safari and use the secret word. This way, I mean, maybe we could, I could <laughs> sassafras. Dude, try to bring in Tom Green, or I could bring him to you guys. I I will try to do my best on that. Yeah, you I really, love you, it. Yeah, you can only do it. My my problem with a lot of headliners is they're all lunatics that stay up all night in their hotel rooms, <laughs> and they're all like, "Oh, go to bed." Now. I really wanted yeah. Bobby Kelly though. Like that was like the. Oh, one. Let me tell you something. He's like one of my favorite stand-up comedians. He's just the best. Bobby and he Kelly. Lo- like, he loves food. I think he's been like on a, like. We had to like walk on. I'll tell you the Bobby Kelly stuff. We'll get. He's coming back. Is he? Yeah. He's he's great. I bring him in. He's he's hilarious. He's a mess. <laughs> Bobby's <laughs> a mess. He's a big boy. Like I sit next to Bobby and I feel good. Yeah, exactly. That was a funny show though. Like that was a good show. I thought. Yeah, I love him so much. He he's great. Because he has like, yeah. his own podcast thing too, right? Yeah. Uh, right. You you know what, dude? You know what, dude? He's been doing it a long time. Yeah. Uh, he was doing it with Bill Burr back before podcasts yeah. were. We thing. actually, Bill if Burr's you. A good 
If you want to hear a little history about his <laughs> podcasting stuff, check out my show. He told a story about how he found some kind of phone service where he could leave an hour-long recording, <laughs> and he would just do a show oh, and yeah, do it, and people that. could call and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. So people would, like, he was doing podcasting before podcasting. Yeah. yeah. So you want inside comedy stuff, listen to Comedy, comedy at the Carlson cast. And you can also find them at second place on the City Newspaper Best of Podcast list this year. And that's fine. <laughs> I'm, it's just a thrill to be nominated. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Your day will come, maybe. Your day will come. Probably. Uh, listen, I've won the gold before. I've won the gold. I've been to the mountain. It's all right. It's just fine. <laughs> all right. Gentlemen, thanks for... Chris, you have a great show, man. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. See you guys.